You're listening to Artswork Audio's Arts in School series, featuring interviews with teachers who have championed arts and cultural education in their school. In this episode, we hear from Sam Martin, who is assistant head teacher at Kennett School in Thatcham. Kennett School is an Artsmark Creativity Champions lead school for one of Artsworks Berkshire, Oxfordshire, Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes sub-regional groups. Sam tells us about the school's approach to delivering extracurricular activities, including supporting staff well-being, balancing workloads and using different formats for extracurricular activities. So the um, first thing that I wanted to share was some advice and some thoughts around um, supporting staff and their well-being. And I think that's probably where a lot of our um, our concern comes from, especially um, at the moment. We are being asked to do more and more as, as teachers. And in um, years like this, we've got teacher assessed grades and all other things going on. Um, and... I know that as leaders of departments, you want to make sure that you are protecting staff as well as um, getting the most out of them. So these were, I suppose, some top tips for um, being able to support your staff, but still kind of create some capacity for that extracurricular. And one of those things was protecting common free time. So um, this advice came quite specifically from our dance department and there's three of them and um, two of them only work two days a week. And there is one hour in the whole of the week where they are all there at the same time and they all happen to be free as in they don't have a lesson um, or they don't have um, something on. And the head of department is really clear that that needs to be completely protected for them. Now, if it, if it can't be a lesson time, then that means it has to be a lunchtime or an after school where they can meet and be together. So when planning for those extracurricular schedules, um, thinking about what well, if that's the only time that we can be together and plan and collaborate and co-create and things. And then I go and put Jenny or whoever on year seven dance club at that point, because that's when it seems convenient to everyone else that's going to be an issue. And that person will then potentially feel overwhelmed because they're having to catch up on meetings. They're going to feel like they're out of the loop. So if there is a time where everyone is free, protect it as much as you can. Um, the second is being flexible with staff needs. So um, I don't know about your settings, but um, I, before I um, stopped being head of department, I entered into a period where actually um, the majority of the people in my department and actually in, in other ones we worked collaboratively with were parents of young children and there, therefore there were days where people couldn't stay later because they had to pick up or people had, um, got in later because of dropping off at, um, at like a nursery setting etc and one of the things that lots of departments at Kennet do now is that we've started to be more flexible about when clubs activities happen and rather than stipulating that it has to be um i don't know monday to thursday after school or lunchtime it now is um we have a lot of clubs that happen before school and that appeals to some people it doesn't appeal to others but the flexibility for some of those staff to be able to say do you know what, I have to leave at this point to go and pick up my son or daughter and therefore an after school club is never going to work 
and rather having that battle or, or or making them feel like they're pushed into a corner about having to change their personal circumstance and arrangements we've had several staff say but I am more than happy to do a 40 minute club before school in the morning and actually dance use that um, really regularly now where they have before school clubs and I think in some ways that kind of alleviates some pressure if you know that you've finished that club and you've done your extracurricular and then you've got the normal school day it's also knowing I will have my lunchtime free and after school I can go off and do what I need to do um, and so that's what I suppose was wrapped up in that being flexible to staff needs um, and seek discussions for compromise if they can't do it then when might they be able to do it rather than having a set schedule that you give them um and that also ties in with um number three um so think about the timetable pressures and scheduling extracurricular so again um this is to do with how you schedule the week um we have previously in the past as as heads of department gone okay we are going to run these six clubs within dance for example and because that's what we've always done we've always had a lower school and upper school of this etc etc and the head of department would look over the week look about what other departments are doing and schedule that in and actually one of the things that came out of this conversation is that rather than trying to make the kids happy and other departments happy by going well if you've got band practice on then i won't put year seven dance club on because we want kids to attend both what they've started to do is actually prioritize their staff in that and they've looked at timetable and they've looked at what pressures on our staff on particular days so they've made some adjustments to that scheduling because a Tuesday after school might have been the best in terms of it has the least clashes with other opportunities. But for that person, they've got a full day of teaching and they've got break duty and putting a club at the end of their day actually is just going to add more pressure on them and have them really tired and exasperated and probably not enjoying that experience. So they've started to look at, okay, where do they have maybe a free at the end of the day? So there is a bit of a break to do other things before the club um, and, and just being a little bit more aware of what people's full days look like. Um, so that was about a kind of strategies and approaches for making sure that staff feel happy um, and that they are being protected in all of this. The next bit was about developing buy-in. And um, I definitely know that I've worked with people in the past who have said, I've got too much on my plate. I've got, you want me to do X, Y, and Z in terms of marking and feedback. I don't have time to run clubs. Um, but actually that's part and parcel of the creative arts, in my opinion, that actually we need to provide those extra opportunities. Pupils need an opportunity to find niches of interests and to develop outside of the classroom as well as in so we then went on to a discussion about well how do you get staff that are resistant or um maybe a bit reluctant to be a part of that um how do you develop that buy-in so we looked at a few strategies that worked for us in the past one of them is to audit staff interest and expertise so i've written here love of the subject is the only expectation Actually, if you are um, saying to someone, I need you to run year seven drama club, and I hold my hand up, I've done this in the past, I've sat down there as a hod and I've gone, I want every single year group to have an extracurricular activity. So for year nine and 10, we're gonna do Shakespeare in school. 
for this year, we're going to do this. I'm going to put a club on for this year, year group and this year group. And I thought I was being really thorough, really, um, really organized on behalf of the department. But then what I did is I basically dished things out and people weren't happy. Um, so the approach that people have suggested to me um, for this training was actually get to know what your staff love. Um, does it have to be year nine club um, where it's open-ended or could it be, I don't know, uh, jazz club? Could it be that that's um, where we do physical theatre on a Wednesday and anyone can come post bubbles, touch wood. <laughs> um, so actually looking at what the staff are interested in, where they have expertise and building on that and letting that excitement filter through rather than I suppose those generic um, those generic clubs, if you like. The other thing um, that was really strong and actually it was our dance department again that came through was they talked about using clubs a bit more strategically. And they said that that developed some really good buy-in with some of the staff because they could see that that club or activity could strengthen the key stage four or five curriculum. So um, the head of department was really keen for um, there to be something extracurricular for key stage four, but they focused a lot on key stage three, getting uptake for GCSE. But then after that, after year nine, any sense of club or extracurricular or just being there for the love and the passion of the subject kind of went out the window and actually all they were then told, well, you've got to focus on your GCSEs. And so there was a kind of a happy compromise where they said, actually, what you could do is elaborate on something that you're doing in class but in a much more free way in a much more experimental way again maybe playing on the staff interests but also pitching it to staff of actually if you can build those core skills in a much more um, informal environment the kids are going to feel your passion but also that's going to tie into the skills and the and the um, and knowledge to an extent back in the classroom the next thing was about workshops and um, and I'm actually going to tie that in perhaps with the last one about streamline um, so workshops versus clubs, I suppose. I know I've fallen into the trap before where I've gone I want there to be a year seven, eight, nine club and I want it to run for, for the entire year to hit as many kids as possible. And then what starts to happen is we put on productions and the clubs fall by the wayside. And I feel like, oh, you know, we could have kept that up. Um, and actually, it's about perhaps developing buy-in by saying this doesn't need to be something that happens all year round. And I think when you approach a member of staff that is feeling the pressure of workload and you say, can you run this club? It comes with um, it feels like there is an expectation for that to have longevity. And so when we're talking about streamlining, it might be that actually, could you run a series of five workshops with year eight on how to use masks or something quite specific um, or perhaps a small event? So we're very hot um, in school on creating short, sharp pieces of performance um, across music, drama, dance, and then doing that for a couple of weeks and then having a small showcase so rather than okay we need to have this huge production and we do <laughs> we still do that as well we do that twice a year but in terms of utilizing as much as possible 
or could something just last five, six weeks and then it's done, the event happens, a small showcase, um, and that person has contributed and is creating more vibrancy to your um, extracurricular, but they don't feel like they it's something they have to keep doing. Uh, and that, I suppose, ties in with the being flexible about when you do it. I've always been an advocate for as soon as we get back in September, let's hit them with the clubs, let's get them excited. But that's not necessarily the best time for the staff. Um, and it's maybe being strategic around, OK, let's do a small thing with the year seven to get them excited. And then after these year 10 assessments, then we can start to think about bringing year eight back into the fold. So not everything has to run at the same time as well. And then what we were thinking about with workshops is <clears throat> actually workshops are a brilliant way of inspiring the kids, but also um, staff as well. And sometimes that extracurricular doesn't always have to be led or driven by us. And it might be that you ask one of your staff to help bring somebody in for a one-off session or to emulate a one-off professional session. So um, I'm thinking of like maybe an art session where they are doing something like drawing of still life. I know that that is quite a popular external workshop that sometimes brought into schools. But if you've got the expertise in your um, departments, that's not something that even has to be run over several weeks. That can be a really intensive couple of hours, one evening, but could be made quite a special event that someone might have to take a couple of weeks to plan for, but then is kind of compact on its own. Um, but workshops also in the sense that not forgetting that they can be brought in for staff CPD as well. Um, I know that I've been part of workshops before where I've sat there as a staff member and I'm like, I just want to do what the kids are doing. It looks so much fun. And there are some projects where you can get involved and there are probably some that you shouldn't. Um, but if you have capacity, money in the budget to have someone external come in and work with the staff and inspire them, that might then spark some buy-in of, okay, we've just had this physical theatre session with a company I'm now going to go and drive this with sixth form and I'm going to um, run a, a series of workshops with them based on what I've learned and then I suppose the last thing if you've got someone that's really resistant to this um, and actually that resistance can come from lots of reasons I've talked a lot about um, well-being and workload and I think that's probably maybe the primary reason for resistance or the one that jumps to mind first um, but some of that resistance or reluctance, shall I say, might just become from a, a lack of confidence, uh, a lack of experience. And so something that we started to develop uh, is co-leading projects. Um, and that's really helped when we've had newer staff to really develop quality and also to be able to show to staff, this is how at this school we lead this type of project. And that's been really good um, in drama in particular. We've been able to showcase to new staff, this is our expectations in rehearsals. These are our expectations of, of the quality. Um, and then when those staff feel happy to, they can then take on their own projects. So that is about kind of giving, um, helping to balance workload because you can then share the planning you can share the having to do the, the organization or the admin side of it but it also is really good for making sure that you've kind of got some internal quality assurance happening and you are supporting each other almost with a little bit of in-house training 
um, if and when that is particularly needed. Um, so the, the last area then that we looked at are just was more general other support. So other things we can do to lighten the load, to develop buy-in, to um, get part-timers feeling like they can be actively involved and feeling happy with that balance. Um, one of the things that was suggested was um, to resource things well. And this is something that I think a couple of years ago, it kind of, the, the pin dropped a little bit for me that I had a drama budget every year. And that drama budget, I just thought about as curriculum. So we looked about resources that I needed in the classroom to like really bring to life a certain scheme of work. I looked at all the boring stuff, like all the stationery. That's not boring to me, by the way. That is my life is stationery. <laughs> um, but I, it was all the kind of the normal curriculum based things that I spent my budget on. Uh, and then we had the school production, which was separate. We have like a separate budget for that, where that kind of is self-perpetuating. So when we sell tickets, the money goes back into the pot and then we've got resources to, to fund it. And that's always a really healthy, in a really healthy place. But I never really thought about resourcing clubs and other extracurricular. And every now and then a, a, a staff member would come to me and say, could I have 50 quid for this or that? And I'd be like, yeah, of course you can. Um, and it just started to dawn on me, actually, if I'm asking for quality back from my staff when they're putting things on, why can't I just give that up front? OK, what I want you to do is do a or what we've decided to do, should I say, is to do a small, I don't know, TIE project with your seven that we're going to tour out. So we talked about that's one of the things we do. And I'm giving you a hundred pound budget to be able to go and make that happen and to and, you know, make that sparkle. Um, and giving that ownership over the budget, I think it excites and invigorates staff. Um, one of the things, again, this is about reducing workload, um, but advertising routines. So maybe having a common approach to save admin time. Again, I've seen this previously where we've got four or five different staff members all trying to get messages out to people, trying to advertise for auditions. And then we're all doing this this additional work on top of everything else separately so one of the the themes that came through from my conversations with other people is that actually if we have a common audition poster for example or a common way of scheduling rehearsals that everyone uses and then we just edit and overwrite it year on year no one is having to start from scratch we're very lucky we've got a lot of electronic screens um, all around the school that help to advertise all of our extracurricular and other events that are going on. And that sometimes does some of that work for us. Um, but definitely sharing things like huge rehearsal schedules for productions, um, we just make sure we pass that on to each other now rather than the next person that takes that ownership of that having to start from scratch. Um, the other thing I would say with that as well is there was a point where I felt that there was low participation in terms of extracurricular and we ended up sending out invitations to pupils. So we invited them um, and I, I think I put like a little blurb about you've been nominated by your teacher because you've been superb in lessons and we'd really like to see more of you and 
something like really nice. When you've got it, you went, oh, it's for me and it's it's special. But we essentially sent out invitations to kids that we'd seen in lessons that we think we could really benefit from whatever we were putting on. And that wasn't always our brightest and best. It could be um, targeting kids for all kinds of reasons. Um, but that was a really nice way of actually getting kids into those sessions and into that extracurricular that was different and maybe on top of sometimes than those normal advertising routines of making announcements or putting up a poster. Um, and that really drove um, our GCSE uptake for a number of years because we were getting kids that wouldn't naturally have put themselves forward. So, I mean, we're, we're incredibly lucky here that if I ran an audition tomorrow for a production, I'd have at least 130 kids turn up to that audition and it would be absolute chaos. But if that started to, no, what I'm trying to say is that every single kid in that room is actively putting themselves forward. What this technique was trying to do is to target those kids that you know you've got that in them, but maybe they don't have that confidence or they don't necessarily see that in themselves. And it's a way of nurturing some of the talent that we've got, um, or perhaps kind of knowing that this is gonna be good for this person. Um, so that's a little, little thing that we've done in the past as well. Um, I don't know what other systems that you um, have. We have house captains for each of our huge creative arts events. And so our house captains run house art, house drama, house dance, house music, and they're huge evening events for every single one of them. And it is completely done by the students. They do all the lights, they do all the sound, they direct it, they write it, they put the music together, they run rehearsals, they cast. It's completely driven by them. And that amazes me every single year that a group of about five or six students essentially put on their own show with very little input from the staff. But it got me thinking that why don't we do this more often? Like the house captains have that one event a year and okay, yes, it is, it is a lot of work for them. But if we do have a gap or a deficit in teachers and you really wanna run, keep saying year seven drama club, it's like no one wants year seven drama club. <laughs> um, if we really wanna run something, actually that's a really good way of instilling or practicing for those house captains. So if they had that in, your, in September and you said, right, what I want is six or seven weeks out of you to run some workshops, run some fun games, develop some skills. And then by the end of it, we'll have a little mini showcase of some devised work that actually supports them in how they would then run those big rehearsals when they get onto that big event. They've had a practice of it. They know what that feels like. They know how infuriating it is trying to get year sevens to be quiet when you just want to crack on. But that kind of grounding and practice, but it's also is supporting you as a department as well. Um, I'm also a huge advocate in that kind of peer to peer support. Um, and I know that personally, as a kid, when I was at school, I went in, on and did GCSE drama because I was completely in awe of the six formers. I just looked up to them at every production, at every event, and I was like, I just want to be like you. And actually, if we can capture a little bit of that um, idea of we are that we are the top of the school for this subject, and we're going to show you an insight to that world, I think that's a really powerful thing, um, and that can be for for any subject. 
the last thing in terms of other support. So if we're trying to kind of target different people in departments that perhaps don't want to take a leading role, are are not in school as much, so perhaps can't take on those bigger projects. The last bit of advice was consider a range of roles um, to be involved. So can they be doing something else that supports an activity? Um, it might be that if you're running something in art, could that person not necessarily run it, but can they support you or another staff member by helping to resource it? So they can they help with the prep work, even if they can't be there for the delivery? So it's we're all pulling together in the same direction. We're all supporting as a team, even if not everybody is the face of something. So that was the last thing. So to round up, um, some key takeaways, um, engage with what staff are passionate about. If that aligns to your curriculum and your way of working, then brilliant. If it doesn't, it's an opportunity to seek new opportunities and to seek new um, interests and I suppose to develop that vibrancy of your department. Um, support and resource creatively. Um, although I said earlier about giving extracurricular perhaps a small budget, I know that that isn't as straightforward or simple for everybody. I know that we are extremely lucky where in my setting that budget is 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 fairly good actually even though it's gone down dramatically since I started it is still not something to be sniffed at um, but in my old school we didn't we weren't given any budget or any allowances for the productions and so it was all about making sure that next year's next year's pot was full by being creative so although we sold tickets for productions and we kept that ticket money um, we also um, did bake sales for the evenings um, of the productions. We kind of did a whole load of other advertising things and, and fundraising, if you like, around it. So even if you're doing small sharings and you've said, right, you can have a hundred pound budget. And then on the evening of the sharing, ask parents for donations, perhaps you might be able to balance some of that out. Um, and lastly, be flexible, but have clear expectation about the common goals. And I think that's something that I, I would say should underpin all of this is that if we're trying to get buy in from everyone, if we're trying to get everyone to be involved somehow, that is going to look different in different camps. Um, and I think trying to fit everyone into everyone must lead something is perhaps damaging in some settings. But if we can sit down as teams and say, but this is what we want from our extracurricular provision. This is our common goal. Now, where can you fit into that? Um, and so the expectation is everyone must pull in the same direction. Everyone must contribute to this, but that doesn't have to be in exactly the same way. And that was everything. Thank you for listening to Artswork Audio. Artswork has empowered children and young people through arts and culture for the last 30 years. We strive to make the arts and creativity available to absolutely everyone, breaking through barriers and developing new ways for people to discover the success and joy that they can bring. To find out more, visit www.artswork.org.uk.